The Central Bank of Namibia raises its key lending rate. A new report has questioned the global commitment to energy transition and cryptocurrencies remain under heavy selling pressure. In Uganda, experts talk about global disruptions and what they mean for budget financing. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your Pulse on Everything Business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Financial experts have called for cautious optimism as reviews for the Uganda 2022-2023 national budget begin to trickle in. While the budget has been called proactive and that it responds to most of the current and foreseeable challenges that the country faces, Dr. Fred Muhumuza, an economics professor, highlights budget disruptors that have the potential to affect the cost of credit and also the pace of extraction of Uganda's oil. Opening of the economy can be a good advantage. We have all seen what it has done to the world. As soon as we opened the economy, people came out to demand what they needed because the inflation and our interest rates are going up. These are disruptors that come with the opening of the economy and I think uh, we need to be mindful of them. That part of the money we're going to, run, to use to run this budget is sourced from abroad. And when interest rates rise in the US, rise in Europe, uh, we have seen in the history of the country some money in Uganda goes back to those countries, but also that means some additional money may not come in. So the minister may not realize uh, the money is expected uh, through even what we call domestic uh, sources or domestic borrowing, part of it actually comes from abroad. So even if we realize the amount, they will certainly be at a higher cost, and that may increase the, the interest payment going forward and reduce the degrees of freedom from the minister. So we are not just running this as a Ugandan budget, so you got an budget, but within a global context, and the global context is really uh, not very uh, giving us good hope pointers that we should be uh, taking for, for comfort. The Ukraine war is going to continue. Those are maybe disruptors uh, of the budget, and you always want to be mindful of those kinds of things. In economics, we always look at those things that might disrupt your plan. Even when your plan is good, you want to look and say what might go wrong. Uh, in this plan. If you want to do the recovery, the stabilization, how do you push forward an economy in this kind of environment? Is the oil going to flow in 2025? Maybe by the time we make that statement, the Europeans who are going to support us in investing in the oil sector now have different assets. They are investing in alternatives of oil and gas uh, from Russia. They have given themselves a deadline of end of this year that they ought to shut out Russia. Meanwhile, during that period, will be the middle of winter. So how fast can they invest in Uganda's oil as an alternative for Russia? I don't see that uh, coming through. So I would imagine their priorities are going to shift to countries like Venezuela and in the Middle East, where it is easier to get that oil out. And remember, you're talking about large quantities of oil. Before you have these 200 barrels per day, you really are serving them for about 30 minutes or 30 seconds of oil that they need. So we need to be reading that global spectrum to revisit our own plans and our own strategies for purposes of survival. The CEO of Capital Markets Authority, Keith Kadejira, also expounds on high interest rates and why they might not be such a bad thing for the global market. Um, we are seeing uh, interest rates rising um, because of inflation rising around the world. And as Fred said, 
It did that certain acts like a vacuum, where money leaves emerging markets, goes to uh, developed markets, uh, which have the ability to absorb much, much larger sums of money. Um, I keep saying that there's about $50 trillion in the world looking for investments. And for a long time, about $10 trillion of that was earning a negative yield. So higher interest rates may um, not necessarily be a bad thing. I think for one, let's Europe such experience what it would mean to have reasonably you know, high interest rates. You can't have negative yields for years and years. So I, I guess the world is sort of returning to normal when it comes to <coughs> interest rates. Um, coming closer to home, it is right, it's true that uh, a lot of the financing on this so-called domestic uh, borrowing comes from abroad. I think that has increased now to about 13%. It used to be 7% last year, so it doubled. And that's part of, part of the reason why the uh, results have increased from by about a billion dollars from 4.5 last year to the current 5.4, roughly 5.5. Uh, we just hope that this can be sustained. I think it's also a signal. Uh, once FID happened in February, it was a signal that at least the currency won't worsen. So that gives a lot of comfort to uh, foreign investors. But what we really want to see from a capital markets perspective is a uh, private, uh, private equity fund being established. Uh, so we are working hard to uh, get a framework established for the registration of private equity that should be you know, almost tax exempt. In Mauritius, you can get away with paying only 3% withholding tax on private equity funds registered there, but you cannot actually make a case for 0%. So want the same regime to happen, that private equity funds registered by the Capital Markets Authority should be able to qualify for uh, these exemptions. Because we need to see you know, more and more private equity funds established uh, in the region. And I think in the, within the region, whoever does this first will probably be the preferred destination for registration of private equity funds. We need to see more of this long-term patient capital. It's not necessarily cheaper, it's more patient, it's long term, but we need to see more of it domiciled uh, in Uganda to invest in the real economy. Um, somewhere along the way, it was mentioned during the earlier presentation about the crowding out, um, where government is, is, is uh, borrowing quite a bit. On the one hand, yes, it, there's a reluctance by the private sector to lend to business if government is borrowing at attractive rates, uh, but I'm also aware that the certain businesses that are able to borrow at the government's cost of borrowing. Some of the grade A um, uh, companies in Uganda are able to borrow at 11, 12%. Um, so we're also seeing another form of crowding out where there's a reluctance by these companies to tap into the pools of savings, both domestically and uh, regionally and internationally, through the issues of corporate bonds, because um, of the, of, uh, what I would describe as over liquidity in the banking sector. So you find banks actually playing in the area that uh, corporate bonds should be uh, playing in. So the move by Tanzania to grant and holding tax exemptions, I think was a fantastic move that we need to think about early enough for the next budget. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The Central Bank of Namibia has raised its key lending rate by 50 basis points to 4.75% during its June 2022 meeting a third consecutive rate hike and pushing borrowing costs to levels not seen since March 2020. Policymakers said the decision took into account global and domestic inflationary pressures, a fragile economic recovery, and the need to safeguard the one-to-one link between Namibia dollar and the South Africa's rand currency. 
The national inflation rate in Namibia is to 5.4% in May of 2022 from 5.6% in the previous month. Cost load for housing and utilities, transport, hotels, cafes and restaurants, furnishings and household equipment. Meanwhile, prices quickened for food and non-alcoholic beverages and recreation and culture. On a monthly basis, inflation rate edged up 0.1%, the lowest in nine months, and slowing sharply from a 1.4% rise in April. In Nigeria, the annual inflation rate accelerated for the fourth month to 17.71% in May of 2022 from 16.82% in the previous month and above market expectations of 17.4%. This is the steepest inflation rate since last June, driven by prices of food and non-food products. Like most African countries, Nigeria is grappling with rising prices of food as the continent is still largely dependent on agriculture imports, especially grains. Also, soaring diesel prices and the ongoing dollar shortage contributed to the upward trend in inflation. Africa's biggest economy has been in double-digit inflation since 2016, and national authorities have said persistent inflationary pressures are structural, linked to deficits and not solely to the money supply and largely imported. A new report has questioned the global commitment to energy transition as it finds that more fossil fuels in form of coal and oil and gas, among others, still dominate the global energy mix. The Renewables 2022 Global Status Report says that that much-anticipated global clean energy transition is not happening, making it unlikely that the world will be able to meet the critical climate goals this decade. Rana Adib One of the researchers behind the report says that although many more governments committed to net zero greenhouse gas emissions in 2021, the reality is that in response to the energy crisis, most countries have gone back to seeking out new sources of fossil fuels to ban even more coal, oil and natural gas. According to the report, the second half of 2021 saw the beginning of the biggest energy crisis in modern history, exacerbated by the Russian Federation's invasion of Ukraine in early 2022, an unprecedented global commodity shock. The report published by REN21 is one of the repeatable studies about global renewable energy and is made by some of the leading experts in renewable energy. The 2022 report is the 17th consecutive edition and provides proof of what experts have been warning about. The overall share of renewables in the world's final energy consumption has stagnated, rising only minimally from 8.7% in 2009 to 11.7% in 2019, and the global shift of the energy system to renewables is not happening. The report comes just today after chief executives of some of the leading oil producers met in London amidst the global energy crisis resulting from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And a quick look at the markets. Bitcoin bottomed around 20,000 US dollars mark, a level not seen since December 2020, and now roughly 70% down from its peak record of 69,000 US dollars touched last November with lingering concerns about aggressive tightening and slowing global growth spooked investors. On top of that, major U.S. cryptocurrency lending company Celsius Network has frozen withdrawals and transfers, sparking concerns that the route will spread to other assets or companies. The Celsius move followed the collapse of TerraUSD last month, which crashed virtually 100%, breaking its $1 peg, exacerbating concerns that a regulatory crackdown is imminent. Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap, has tumbled almost 40% this week to around 1,000 US dollars. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, 
visit our website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe you can also find us on all social media platforms at thekfinancial and you can find me at the dong <laughs>